0: It's genuinely amazing what our earth can do if we just take care of it, if we treat it as part of us, not separate from us. Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world, do you believe I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call hometown earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take big or small to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on hometown earth. Hello neighbors. Last week, we learned why the health of the soul is important for the planet and our survival. To recap, healthy soul is the foundation for the world's healthy food and water. It is also a key player in the ecosystem that can protect us from ecological disasters like severe flooding, drought, erosion, and more if properly nurtured. We also learned that modern agricultural practices have reduced soil biodiversity, contributed to erosion and desertification, polluted our land and water, and affected the ability of the soil to sequester carbon. This type of agriculture is not sustainable as we are degrading the earth's topsoil to a point where we can quantify how much longer we will be able to harvest the land. But there is a solution. Regenerative agriculture, to quote Ronnie Cummins of Regeneration International, If you've never heard about the amazing potential of regenerative agriculture and land use practices to naturally sequester a critical mass of CO2 in the soil and forests, you're not alone. One of the best kept secrets in the world today is that the solution to global warming and the climate crisis, as well as poverty and deteriorating public health, lies right under our feet and at the end of our knives and forks. So what is regenerative agriculture? Regenerative agriculture is a holistic approach to farming and ranching that focuses on creating harmony with nature in a way that doesn't cause harm to the land, but actually improves it. It's a system that recognizes and honors the interconnection of farming systems and the ecological system as a whole. To put it even more simply, regenerative agriculture is a collection of farming techniques that help to sequester carbon, improve soil quality, reduce erosion and runoff, and create sustainable food systems for the world. It almost sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Regenerative agriculture is growing due to the current climate crisis, but it is deeply rooted in indigenous tradition. Indigenous cultures have practiced land management and regenerative agriculture techniques for thousands of years. I say this because it's essential that we not only see regenerative agriculture as an answer to our problems, but recognize these indigenous food practices as something that improves and values the entire ecosystem we are part of. It's changing how we look at our food systems in a more circular, dynamic way versus the linear food production system that currently reigns supreme. While many principles of regenerative agriculture that you'll see out into the interwebs are focused on improving the health of the soil specifically, I'm going to talk about the principles defined by the National Resources Defense Council, or NRDC. The principles outlined by the NRDC ring truer to the holistic view of regenerative agriculture, focusing on the overall environmental and societal benefits from the practices, the whole ecosystem. These regenerative agricultural principles are to nurture relationships within and across ecosystems, prioritize soul health, reduce reliance on synthetic inputs, and nurture communities and reimagine economies. Now, let's walk through each of those. The first principle is nurturing relationships within and across ecosystems. This means strengthening connections between people, lands, water, livestock, wildlife, and the microbial life in the soul. For example, when we decoupled livestock from the land, we interrupted the natural ecosystem creating more carbon emissions and pollution while simultaneously harming our soul, as well as introducing a host of ethical issues through the treatment of these animals. It's kind of crazy that we did this because nurturing that relationship in the first place would have led us down quite a different path in history. By reintegrating livestock into grasslands, we can increase soil nutrient cycling, increase water retention, reduce water pollution, curb weed and pest problems without harmful chemicals, reduce the carbon emitted from our current agricultural practices, and even increase carbon sequestration of the land, we can begin to see how interconnected our ecosystems naturally are, and work towards harmony and balance. The second principle is prioritizing soul health, which is the topic we are covering this month. There are many ways regenerative agriculture does this, but ultimately it's about preserving the biological structures that bacteria, fungi, and other soil microbes build like a network underground. It's about enhancing soil biodiversity. We can do this through minimizing soil disturbances, aka no tilling, keeping the soil covered through mulching, utilizing cover crops, and creating permanent pastures. The third principle is reducing reliance on synthetic inputs. This is somewhat self-explanatory. It uses fewer chemicals, antibiotics, fertilizers, and herbicides. These synthetic outputs are a proven danger to human health. So removing them from our food sources, the air and the soil is a big win for planetary health. Using natural methods of regenerative agriculture also addresses the problems of weeds and insufficient growth, allowing for nature to balance itself out and save farmers and ranchers more money in the process. The fourth principle is nurturing communities and reimagining economies. This principle recognizes the harm industrial agriculture has done to communities. It acknowledges that the narrative about reintroducing regenerative agriculture must include Black and Indigenous communities that initially built these sustainable food systems. The NRDC says that this principle is also about remedying long-standing social injustices, including systemic discrimination that has denied farmers and ranchers of color access to land tenure and support services. One Earth reports that even though the farming industry today harvests enough to feed the world's population, there are still 1 billion people living in chronic hunger. This is because industrial-scale monoculture has decreased food security worldwide, reduced the nutritional value of foods, and created a seed extinction crisis. Currently, just five companies control 70% of the world's seeds. Regenerative agriculture creates economies that are accessible to all. Ones that would provide jobs and more financial stability, protect seed diversity, alleviate world hunger, and pull many of the earth's people out of poverty. So, utilizing these principles of regenerative agriculture, we can put land in the hands of small farmers who feed the world— make farms more resilient through their diversity, meaning higher yields even in the face of climate uncertainty, improve nutrition through organic farming, providing us with higher levels of vitamin C, iron, magnesium, and phosphorus, and reducing the number of nitrates and chemicals in our system. We can also preserve traditional knowledge, increase farm productivity, and bolster economies. We can improve our soil health by increasing its water retention and soil biodiversity, giving life not only to the organisms under our feet, but having a domino effect on the biodiversity of insects, plants, and animals up the food chain. And finally, regenerative agriculture can save us from the woes of climate change. We mentioned last week how our industrialized agricultural practices not only strip the soil of its ability to sequester carbon, but positively contribute to high levels of greenhouse gas emissions. Regenerative agriculture regenerates the soil's organic carbon concentration and increases soil's carbon stocks or their capacity to accumulate or release carbon. Research shows that transitioning 10 to 20% of agricultural production to best practice regenerative systems will sequester enough CO2 to reverse climate change and restore the global climate. We need to draw down the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere immediately. And other techniques can't do what we need in the amount of time we need it to. Treating the soil with regenerative practices is the secret answer to sinking mass amounts of carbon quickly, reversing climate change, and providing us with so many more social and environmental benefits along the way. It's genuinely amazing what our earth can do if we just take care of it. If we treat it as part of us, not separate from us. So how do we do that? Like, what are the actual practices? Well, the list of regenerative agricultural practices is pretty long. Many farmers and ranchers do what is best for their setup and soil and typically use a combination of methods. But I'll list out 10 of the most common regenerative agriculture techniques in no particular order of importance. Number one, annual organic farming. This utilizes non-chemical fertilizers and pesticides, which helps mitigate the harm to nature and human health. Number two, low or no-till farming. Traditional tilling breaks up the soil and turns it over. So in contrast, no tilling propagates as little soil disturbance as possible. So these fewer disruptions to the ground allow for more diverse soil microbes that provide better soil structure for plants to grow and build resiliency. Number three, cover cropping. This keeps live roots in the soil by planting crops not just for harvesting purposes, but to ensure no ground is left bare. This helps to improve nitrogen and nutrient cycles, reinvigorating plants, and reducing the need for fertilizers. Number four, animal reintegration. This reintroduces livestock like cows, lambs, goats to crops Haley says that animal grazing after annual crop harvest aids in the conversion of high carbon residues to low carbon organic manure, helping soil health and assisting in weed and pest management. In addition, it takes the pressure off of our systems to manage and treat animal waste and improves animal health, which I am all about. Number five is holistically managed grazing. Now this goes hand in hand with animal reintegration and is just a way to move livestock around farmland that would mimic their natural grazing patterns with the added benefits of increased land and grass fertility. Number six, crop rotation diversity. So say a traditional farm rotation is corn to soybeans. Crop rotation diversity would include small root crops like alfalfa, wheat, oats, and hay into the mix. This type of practice helps fix nitrogen levels, which improves the quality and yield of the plants. It also improves soil structure, reduces pests, creates fewer labor peaks, and increases the ability for landowners to use their machinery more efficiently. Moving right along to number seven, agroforestry. This integrates trees, crops, and animals together in one system in a way that benefits all three. Agroforestry provides food and shelter for animals and wildlife, encourages more diversity, improves forest health, boosts soil carbon sequestration, provides additional revenue streams for the landowner, And it just adds to the land's beauty. Number eight, hedgerow conservation buffs. Hedgerows are shrubs and trees that border fields and act as a habitat for pollinator insects and other wildlife, but also serve as a way to decrease wind soil erosion while providing additional income and again, a little bit of beauty. Number nine, planting native species. This is something that you can do in your own home to increase the soil's health. Native species are species of plants and grasses that have evolved for the specific region's microclimate, making them more resilient and reducing the need for external inputs. They have incredibly long roots, up to 16 feet long that allow them to increase the ability of the soil to absorb and retain water. I'll include a picture of a non-native root alongside a native species in the show notes because it is crazy to see the difference. And finally, number 10 on the short list is composting. This is the tool we need to help restore our degraded soils. It takes organic materials such as crop residue, food waste, and animal waste, which are carbon rich, and allows them to become a stable organic matter ideal for plant growth and amending soil health. Composting is the topic of next week's episode, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it and you can learn more with us. But can you see what can happen when we begin to value the health of our soil The earth flourishes and you may be thinking, okay, Lena, that's great and all, but I'm not a farmer. Don't worry. Whether you're a farmer, a gardener, a consumer, you can join the movement to reintroduce regenerative agriculture. You can start to question where your food comes from and the practices that are on that farm. See what you can find out about your food sources when you go to the grocery store or if you're going to a farmer's market, you can ask them directly. Try choosing food that you know is grown to help regenerate the land. If there isn't a suitable option near you or you just want to try your hand at growing yourself, regenerative agriculture practices can be applied in your own backyard Whether growing in pots in your home or on a balcony or growing in a small raised bed or even a large garden, gardening can be really rewarding especially if you use your compost to help support the soil that grows your food because it allows you to see the entire life cycle of your food you can also plant native plants reducing your lawn maintenance and creating a plethora of biodiversity no matter what you can be a voice for healthy soil i always say share this information with your friends family and coworkers You never know what spark will be someone's motivation to join the movement. In that same regard, you can make your voice heard by politicians who can make a difference. Unfortunately, more farmers aren't adopting regenerative agriculture practices because our tax dollars go to government subsidies that give farmers a guaranteed profit for their output. We need to rethink our systems to ensure the world's food supply while increasing yields and creating more resilient farms that are far more financially and ethically rewarding for their owners. And regenerative agriculture can get us there. So for this week's Something to Grow on, I want to plant a seed. I want to begin to shift our mindset from sustainability to to regenerative sustainability, from maintaining systems that improve health and ecological systems, to creating living systems that thrive, where whole system health and well-being continually increase. These practices do overlap, but the language and intention are a little bit different. Our world is constantly changing, so we need a concept of sustainability that transforms with us, shifting from reducing our impact to creating positive good in the world. Researcher Lee Gibbons says that regenerative sustainability calls for humans to live in conscious alignment with living systems principles of wholeness, change, and relationships as nature does. It's thinking of us as nature. So that's just a little food for thought today as we continue to grow deeper in our conversations on creating these sustainable, holistic habits for ourselves. I'm so thankful that you are here today, and I can't wait to have you back next week on Hometown Earth. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram at Hometown Earth or connect with me personally at Lena Saintford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe.